Welcome to the Wake the F Up podcast with Alex and Jamie, where we talk about living consciously and helping people uncover their essential self so they can stop sleepwalking through life. On this podcast, we're having raw conversations about difficult topics. Our goal is to create a safe space where our guests can talk about real problems and issues and how they decided to wake the F up and become mindfulness experts through their own emotional healing journey. And we are so excited today to welcome today's guest to the show. You may and most likely know Kelly Chase from her appearance on the hit reality TV show, Love is Blind. But we know her for for her magnetic personality, her warm and genuine spirit. Beyond her TV journey, Kelly is passionate passionate about self-love, body positivity, and mental health awareness. Kelly joins us today on Wake the F Up podcast to share her wisdom on holistic wellness, personal growth, and inspiring others to live their very best life. Welcome, Kelly. Hi. Thanks so much. That was, I love that intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know it's always kind of hard to hear like what you have for other people, you know, like for yourself. You're like, oh, what did they say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, wait, what did I send? <laughs> there, there is always a scary moment where you're like, who am I? I actually forget right when I'm on the entrance of these button pushing. <laughs> it, it's so funny because like whenever anyone asks me for a bio, I'm like, uh, it's like really difficult for me to like conjure something up. So <laughs> There's a lot to say, right? You have such a, a, a variety in your in your resume, I'm imagining. Yeah, well, true. tell us where you are. And the last time we saw you, Jamie and I hosted a retreat down in the Gulf and you attended that and we were just so excited to have you and get to know you. Yeah. Um, where have things gone since then? Tell me where you are in life and what's happening. Yeah, that was such a neat experience. I mean, yeah, like to your listeners, like that was something I like walked into blindly, meaning I literally... I don't think I had ever had a conversation. I may have like interacted a little bit like on Instagram with both Jamie and Alex, but otherwise I don't think I met them until like the day of the retreat when I was literally walking into the house and all the other girls that were attending that retreat too. Like I, it was like the, one of my favorite like solo trips I've ever done. Like it was just Aww. so remarkable. Yay. Yeah, it was, I mean, literally it was so moving, so transform transformational, like everything about the entire time that I was there. I was just like on a high. I mean, except for when I was crying all the time, but I was still on a high. It did get, it did get a little heavy and most of the days. I know I, we also walked away from it being like, wow, what was, you know, you put together these things, which you create content all the time where you're just trying to get people to experience things. And it was so cool to see everybody in the group kind of actually walk the path that like we envisioned for them to walk by starting it like, you know, like your inner child and then working your way through like, where are we stuck right now? So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, maybe that for you. Like you are like killing it right now. I feel like every time I see you on Instagram, I'm like, what is she doing? You're like just doing many new things. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's awesome. I feel like you launched out of there and like you were already in the, in the coaching realm and doing a lot of different things. So tell us where you are. What's What's your, you know, how's the health coaching going? What's happening in your world and how are you reaching your public? Yeah. So it was very interesting. So when I went on that retreat, I was uh, basically just like doing my content creation podcast and coaching here and there. Um, And I was actually just like not in a place like financial, I was financially struggling during that time. Um, I was not in a good headspace financially. And I know that that is a part of like my health coaching is like our financial health too. So I was not in a good place. So I felt like I really couldn't, I almost couldn't show up for everyone the way that I wanted to. Um, and I know like 
handful of people, including my parents, obviously, they were like, Kyle, just like get a job, <laughs> like get a job, like a normal job, like everybody else. And at least you can have that like safety and security and the backing. And I resisted it for way too long. Um, you know, I, I really was, I was like, no, because I've been in, I'd been in that space before of like leaving the corporate world, pursuing entrepreneurship, and then having to go back into the corporate space because it like, not to say it didn't work out. It just never got to a place I wanted it to be like my business wise and like financially. And it's not to say that it was like anything about me. I just was not consistent enough. And I think like that speaks to like the level of like now when I'm like coaching other women, I'm like, you know, it's like you learn the lesson and then you can teach other people how to do it and like do it the right way and don't take such lofty risks. And, or if you feel like you're, you know, snorkeling for air for six months, just stop the resistance and go get a job or go do something that's going to like bring some peace in your, into your life. And anyways, but yeah, I was struggling and in November, so probably like a month or so after uh, going to the retreat, I was like, okay, that I really do. So I like hammered on LinkedIn and like started just like throwing my resume out there to like all these different companies. To, like, and, you know, it was interesting because a girl, uh, a friend of mine, she was like, hell, you know, like you're like, although you've been in like sales and like, that's your background, like you also have been in marketing. You have literally been marketing your own business for nine years at this point. Like, you know what to do in that realm. And I'm like, oh, so it kind of like opened me up to like applying for even other types of jobs too. And just mm-hmm. to, I didn't even think of, I was like, I'm just going to apply. I think we just get so like pigeonholed and we pigeonhole ourselves that we're like, oh, I can only apply for the things I've already, I already have experience on versus like trying to like apply for the things that may challenge us and actually help us grow. So although um, I did land a position, it's outside sales, but it was interesting. So I applied for this position. This was an orthopedic company. um, And I went in for my interview and it was for like their like lowest level sales position. And the manager was telling me, he's like, oh, well, like once you like you're in this role for a little bit, then you'll like graduate and move on to this role and this role and blah, blah. And like this second tier role, I was like, I've been in sales for 10, over 10 years. I was like, I'm actually more qualified for that position. I just didn't know that that was available. I didn't see it on LinkedIn. And he was like, oh, and he like looked at my stuff even further. And he was like, yeah, you literally are more qualified for this position. You have the outside sales, you have the entrepreneurial spirit, like yeah, let's, okay, let's just move you into this and, and like apply for this right. position. You're interviewing for this position. So it was, it was kind of neat because I'm like, wow, like all these things that I had been writing for six months of like, because I had been struggling for so long financially and just like with my business and everything. Um, and all of that is a reflection of what's going on on the inside of my brain probably too. But I was, once I got the job, I was like, oh my God, it's seriously something I've like prayed and manifested because I was like, just send me something that has consistent income that gives me the like time and location flexibility because it's outside sales. It's like I'm running my own business, but I'm getting paid from someone else to do it. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I have structure and I have stability and I have health benefits (laughs) and things like that. So People don't really think how hard it is, right? Like we're in the same process. So we're building this app and you know, the retreat part of it is actually content heavy, but it's, it, you know, not that hard, right? right? That people book, you get the money, but like you don't have a lot of return on, uh, or profit margins are kind of, you know, always mm-hmm. like minuscule in the retreat. It's more like a feel good. But we were just talking about this today where it's like, it's really hard to step out of your framework. And for me, like I need sometimes a mentor. And when you're creating content, you're like blindly 
putting your heart out there and you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like who, A, when it's online, you're like, who am I talking to? Like you, you think you know, but then you're like, I will be in, a, in my office in this like closet. Like, I don't, am I doing the right direction? Right. Like it's very hard to create a business yeah. from this pr- perspective. Um, the avatars get very like, who's out there? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I mean, stability is really hard to find within it. I think it is. It, it definitely is. So, so yeah, it, you know, I've been grateful. I've been with the company now for six months. Actually, today is my six month anniversary. Yay! I'm like, Happy yeah, anniversary. But yeah, it's been so great. And it's so interesting. Um, you know, I've just, I've, I've mentored with so many like mindset coaches and, you know, law of attraction. I've studied so much and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, you don't, sometimes you really aren't like embodying and like practicing the teachings until you're like in it. Right. Like it's, I think. Challenge to, yeah. Yeah. It was like, like I was, I had such a tight grip before. And I think that's it. It's like, we have to like surrender. Surrender was like a really big word last year. I know, but like surrender into the things that are going to allow the peace and like things to flow into you. And I had such a tight grip on like, no, I'm not getting a job. I'm not going back. I'm not Mm going to look like a failure again, you know, to people. And we're the only ones that think that no one else thinks anything of it. But if they do, they're not your people anyways. But, you know, I just like now that I have this like relaxed, more of a relaxed nervous system because I don't have to worry about like when my next paycheck is coming from, it has put so much less stress on my business. And I've been able to like, I mean, the opportunity that rolled in, um, you know, when was it? Like just a few months ago, this guy reached out and he was, I start because I had shared like one or two things about my health journey online and he saw it. He reached out. He works for a company that does like fitness and, and uh, nutrition, like planning for, and it's an app. And like, I'm like, all last year, I was like, I just want like something, you know, it's consistent, it's freedom, flexibility, something that's going to just bring more ease into my life. And so like I launched at the um, end of May, this like on my health coaching program again, I had taken the first five months of the year off from coaching at all, because I was like, first of all, I didn't know like how, um, uh, demanding my new role was going to be. And I didn't want to like overcommit myself and then not be able to show up for either my career or coaching. So I was like, I'm just going to like tread this lightly for the first few months. And then this like guy approached me with this app and I was like, it's kind of perfect. Cause I literally just have to show up and coach and I don't have to do all the like admin, like business stuff behind it. Like I can yeah. literally just do my zone of genius. So I was like, okay, God, you're listening to me. Like, but I think I just literally had to surrender, do what I didn't really want to do. But in that sense, that was the best decision for me was to get that job, create that ease and that stability in my nervous system so that I could like allow other opportunities to just like come in. And again, it's just been, it's taken so much off my plate as far as like me being an entrepreneur. Yes, I still have a lot to do, but I don't feel like I am the one that has to do all the things. Like, but, Would I mean, you say that you know, always like, – have you always been a person that felt like you had to do all the things? Probably. I mean, I've been working with a virtual assistant for the last couple of years just for my podcast. I mean, I have someone that, you know, edits and produces and all of that. I ne- – like, from day one, I was like, I cannot do that. Like, I, I'm i not technology savvy. <laughs> like, I, I'll i do three episodes and I'll want to burn the podcast to the ground. Like, I just can't <clears> do it. So – I immediately looked into virtual assistant. And I was like, I'm budgeting for that. Like I will pay for that. I do not care. <laughs> so I've had, I've always asked for that help, but like 
even like people will reach out to me on social media, like, do you have a social media manager? And I'm like, no, but like, there's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I want one or I don't know if I need one, you know, and, or I don't know if I want to spend the money on that when I can just do it myself, you know, but like, I know the other day I was home for father's day and I'm like sitting there in my head, so much anxiety about all the things I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be very present for my dad. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm now I'm, and then I start venting to my parents. Like I have, I just have a lot to do. I just have a lot to do. And I think I just need to like talk it out. <laughs> it's not going to get it done, but I think I just need to get it off my chest. But I was like, in this situation, it would be great to have a social media manager to take, some of the stuff off my plate because it was literally just that. And something that would take me two seconds to do, it just was like piling up in a to-do list. And I was like, mm-hmm. just that two seconds or that two minutes to like post this thing, create a caption. It literally, I just can't do it right now. <laughs> and like, I need someone else to do it. <laughs> well, it's so interesting that you're talking a lot about the nervous system. Since I left you, I've been yeah. doing a lot of nervous system work and trauma work um, and somatics. Yeah. And it's it's totally. so interesting when you start to tap into that, like when your nervous system is dysregulated, like how much that impacts your ability to, to do what you just said, something that generally could take you maybe two minutes to do. And and it gets you really stuck. And I like yeah. think – I don't think that I've ever – well, much like you, I think to-do list being high and being an overachiever and thinking that you're – you know, you have to do it all – you don't take a lot of time to tap into like, wait, now how does this make me feel? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that cognitively a lot, like why am I reacting is usually what I process, but I've never been like, how do I feel in my body in this moment when I'm in completely dysregulated and it's Father's Day and I want to be present, but I am not because my head right. is running. Yeah. So it's interesting yeah. when you look at it from that perspective, oh, I actually sure. find it to be more, more chewable and mm-hmm. more more easy to get out of here and just be like, okay, I just need to breathe or do yeah, something that exactly. downregulates that. Absolutely. Do you have any tools for you when you get like dysregulated? Yeah. I mean, I would say very similar. I mean, just sitting and kind of like grounding myself, like whether it's just like take two on the couch, Cal, like just go sit on the couch and like disconnect from everything because like, you know, they always say, you know, you like pull an arrow back. You kind of have to like pull the arrow back to like slingshot it forward. Mm -hmm. We need that too. We need to be pulled back. We need to rest. And so I will do that or I'll go for a walk. Um, I think walking has always been like very uh, just lovely for me. I mean, mm-hmm. just connecting with nature, allowing nature to just kind of remind us because it's our greatest teacher. Like just remind us like everything is working out in divine timing. You literally don't have to do all the things right now. <laughs> and wow. it's just like, it really does. And I'm like, okay, Kelly, like I know that we are a society that is programmed in this do, 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 go, go, go in this burnout culture. But that's another thing I've been learning and practicing and trying to really implement over the last five years of my whole of my spiritual journey is okay that's just a story that society has created for us we don't have to live that way we can create healthy boundaries and we can implement structure in our life and turn things off when we need to you know so those tools I mean again just like sitting on my couch breathing maybe listening to some type of like meditation work going for a walk um and really another thing that I would probably say over the last six months that I've been doing just because I went through a program where we tuned in a lot to the nervous system and did did more somatic stuff was acknowledging, taking the time to acknowledge all those emotions that were actually coming up and just acknowledging them. Like, oh, I'm feeling angry right now, or I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling very like guilty about something, or I'm feeling flustered. I'm really anxious. Okay. Instead of like judging and shaming those parts of us, I'm acknowledging those parts of me. And I'm like, okay, well, what does little, like what does little Kelly need right now to does she just need a hug? Does she just need to like take 10? Does she need to go color? <laughs> like what does she need to do 
to honor those parts of us. Um, Cause that was what I learned. It's like, you know, sometimes we're like, I'm angry. Well, no, you're not fully all angry. There's a part of you that has anger inside mm-hmm. and just recognizing what that part is. I know Gabby Bernstein does a lot about of parts talk to in her happy days book. Um, and it was just like very fascinating because it allows you, yes, you're acknowledging that emotion, but when we acknowledge it, it actually starts to not be so bad. You know, just like if you were to comfort a child when they're getting upset about something, when you're comforting them, they feel at peace. But when you're like, okay, stop crying, go over there, they're Mm going to be more flustered or they're going to like shame spiral. Act out more. (laughs) And then they're going to act out more, right? Like something occurs. And then later in life, that becomes their um, defense mechanism. And then they start doing that to themselves, you know? So it's, it's a very big chain reaction of like inner child and reparenting and all of that. But if you can start to do that now, you know, any listener start to do that now, just like bring awareness to the part of you that feels however you're feeling and just give it the TLC that it needs right then in the moment. And if it comes up in 30 minutes from now, do it again for five minutes, just sit with yourself and acknowledge that part. And, but most of us were so caught in that burnout though, and just going and going, many of us aren't, we're not aware that we're actually doing it to avoid feeling because feeling is scary <laughs> and, and we cry and we don't like to cry and things like that, but, but we have to, like, that's the journey of healing. We have to acknowledge all those emotions. Yeah. I love what you said. And I think that's kind of, it's been the theme I would say going on through all of our podcast episodes so far is that glimmer moment where the person starts to actually open up and think about like, maybe I am going to feel this, you know, like that one little moment. Um, And I think that's really what we've been talking about most is how can we help people have that moment instead of staying in this like pretty much sleepwalking state of mind. How can we get through them? Um, Do you remember maybe one of your first experiences to open up to that? Um, probably, I want to say yes and no. (laughs) I don't necessarily remember a specific moment. I just know that like after reading, um, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, um, you know, in, in that book, I don't know if y'all read it, but Mm -hmm. in that book, it prepares you to, uh, set up like a morning routine. The lifesavers routine is the savers routine. And so it has you like for 10 minutes, praying or sitting in silence or meditating and then affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading and scribing or journaling and just implementing that routine into my days. I was actually bringing awareness to things because it was forcing me. I mean, granted, I was forcing myself because I was doing it. I was taking the action, but like I was forcing myself to sit in that meditation or that silence. And then I could hear all the thoughts that were running rampant on my mind, you know, and at first, of course, like a lot of people, they say, you know, I don't know how to meditate. And I don't think, I don't either. Like I just sit <laughs> in silence and that's that's my meditation, you know? And I don't think, again, kind of going back to the thing of like not shaming our thoughts. It's, that's kind of, I feel like that's why people get frustrated because they're like, oh, I can't meditate because I can't, I can't like block out the thoughts. And I'm like, I don't think if I've maybe like three times in the last five years that I've actually been able to have like no thoughts for like a short period of time while I'm no, sitting in there's silence. There's like so much research on this. Like the brain is not supposed to stop thinking unless we're dead. So the right. thoughts are there. But I think yeah. when people – when you focus on that as your goal, I think that knocks people. I also think people struggle. I know I did in the beginning yeah. and still do some days. 
if I haven't done a, like some silencing version, don't you feel like you're like get back into it and you're like, ah, the brain yeah, is totally like, not. you're it's like, hard. I'm so anxious. I'm so this. And you're like, yeah. you you get right back into that negative headspace. Oh, yeah. And that's hard to see. I feel with. opposite of that. Like for me, if I'm having a really busy week and there's a lot going on, I crave to just sit in silence. Like yeah. literally if I can just like – Darren will come home from work and he'll be watching TV and that's like our time together. And I'm like, no, I just need to go lay in bed. I just want to like hmm. meditate. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I just want to lay there that. and be comfortable. And I just want to like have the silence and let my brain almost like, like yeah. settle down. Yeah. Itself. For sure. Yeah. I do that. And it's funny. Like, I feel like that I do that as well. Like I will just come home and just like lay on my bed or something and just to decompress. Um, but if I, I feel like maybe it's like, if I'm super anxious about something, it's harder for me to allow myself to decompress. Like I could lay there, but, and I'm sure that it gets, you know, I ease up, but it's still like, okay, I have like 95,000 things that I need to be doing right now. And I don't need to be doing this, you know, but again, it kind of goes back to, okay, Kelly, you need to like walk the walk that you're preaching out there. So like. Sit. It's so interesting too when you do take the time, even though you're fighting it, right? Like you're like, I have too much stuff to do. Like I've been tracking somatics for I think almost two and a half months now, mm-hmm. every day tracking the AM, PM. And I started to realize like I had this like interesting uprise in my trauma. So just like the way my husband, my first husband died. Yeah. I don't know why. Like we're, we're talking, I'm going into year four or five mm-hmm. since he died. And now like all of a sudden it just like stuff started really uprooting and I'm not sure why. It was wow. like, I think I went into like a familial situation in my new marriage that made me feel not enoughness. I think it like hit a lot of childhood wounds at once. And then I was just totally dysregulated and I couldn't get back regulated. And so I started hiking. This is so weird. I mean, that's not that weird, but it was weird for me. I was like, I've never hiked before. <laughs> I went out by myself in the nature, which could have been dangerous and never did it before. It's like 110 degrees in San Antonio. And mm. I've literally been trying to at least get it after it like three or four times a week. And every time I do it, I brought my phone one time and was like pissed at myself. Like, why did I bring it? Cause then I was like answering text messages. I'm taking pictures. Like it's like this mind takeaway, you know, when you're back in your phone, when I do that, I realize like I can regulate my trauma back down. Like it'll still pop up. I'm still having all these triggers happen, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not there. I'm okay. And it's so weird. Like, I don't know what, you know, you have to find different things. I think that can down regulate when you, when you're mm-hmm. a high, whatever, I don't know, high producer, overachiever. I'm not sure what the people that feel like we have to do more. And I think we come from generally somebody in our life was like narcissistic, potentially telling mm-hmm. us like, be more, you're not enough, like some, right. some parental role or some authoritative role potentially in the background there. But. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I want to say like, and I think I said this at the retreat, but you know, the like narrative of like, what's wrong with you? Like, Mm -hmm. not that my, you know, I love my parents. They're wonderful people, but I know that that was something that I heard, you know? And then like, you know, whether it was, you know, I mean, my, what was it? Preschool girl told me I couldn't play with her and the other girls at school. And I think that that was kind of like a, oh, there must be something wrong with me. And then like going through school and the guy, you know, you're starting to crush on guys and the guys are they don't want to date you or they, whatever. And then you're like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. So it's like, I feel like our deep rooted stories of maybe that not enoughness is, Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's why a lot of us are people pleasers. We're constantly trying to like please other people and show that we're worth something and we're the cool girl and like, just pick us and like choose mm-hmm. us, pick us. And so we like are caught in this, like submerging ourselves in this go, 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 do, do, do all the time because we're, we just want to be seen. Like someone see us, someone see us for all of us, you know? And it's like, you're never, no one is going to see you like you see you. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Like, that's why this whole healing journey is so beautiful because you're learning to actually love yourself when yeah for so long right because you're constantly like uh seeking that external love and validation but now it's like we can tune in inward and we can love and that's why all that like reparenting and inner child work is so beautiful because you're actually taking the time to like love on yourself and Mm -hmm. the way that you needed it when you were younger too okay so So we found like with a lot of our guests that they had a tool or like something they did to love themselves which Self-love is a very broad term. You know that because you, you're in self-work a lot. So yeah. for you, what does self-love mean? Like how do you show yourself self-love? Yeah. Um, it's hard for I'm, me to explain it sometimes. So I was wondering if you had a better verbiage. For- <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think it, it's honestly like having the self-awareness. So growing your your mental tool of what do I need? What does little Kelly need? Um, and having those conversations. I mean, I was coaching girls the last two nights on the call and I was like, y'all, like, it sounds crazy when I say this, but you're literally having conversations with yourself like all the time because that's the awareness. Like you're like, oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Oh, oh, I'm triggered. Oh, it must be because X, Y, and Z. Like, and this is just inner dialogue. And I was like, and that's why journaling is, can be helpful too. And not that it's the modality for everyone, but that can be helpful because it's, getting the thoughts off your brain and into onto a sheet of paper. And even that right there can create an, another level of awareness because you're actually seeing what you're writing and you're like, Oh shit, I'm thinking that. <laughs> and then you can kind of like, you know, uh, discover your way through another little like healing journey through paper as well. But yeah, I, mean, I gotta I give like- a shout out to a journal that I think Jamie gave yeah. me this journal for Christmas called healing through words. Mm. And it's, is it Rumi Kapoor? I think I'm saying her name, hopefully proper. Okay, first of all, she's amazing and a half. But it's interesting. So it prompts you for like one sort of like getting into that deep wounded space. So your childhood wound, shadow work kind of stuff. And honestly, like I've gone back and it's been interesting because my husband's kind of relatively new to self-healing and work. And so he was like, what is this journal you're doing? And I was like, I'll get you one. So I got him one and he's been using it to reference back and take it to therapy because he gets to therapy a lot and will be like, uh, you know, I'm okay. Like, I think everything's fine. Cause it's like when you're not in that hour is when your hell happens. Right. Yeah, and like yeah. you're there like, almost or past it or forgot about it. And so he'll be like, I wrote this and read it to her. And and it, it's so like that. There's so many underlining things where you're like, Whoa. I mean, and yeah. I'm still, and I've been in therapy a long time and I'm still, every time I write in that journal, I'm like, shit. So yeah. anyone who's really wants to start some shadow work, that's a good journaling space to go. She's, it's easy to chew. Cause cool. it's one, it's one little exercise at a time yeah I like that I do like that I, th- I think that's cool. that can that can be something like why people are like um you know I don't journal or something because it sounds you know there's well one there's a lot of resistance to it but two it's just like it seems like oh I have to write like so much and it's like no you could like literally write like three lines of gratitude and call it a day like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know but the journal like scripting and like free writing that's just like such a beautiful thing I mean I try and write I, I don't know I've, I've probably written like five pages at one in one sitting before because it just kept coming and I was like all right you know but I I too I mean I've been journaling now for five years and I too have resistance 
to all of that stuff. Like from breath work to meditation, like just sitting in silence. Like I totally do. I, every time I have resistance to do it, reading five pages of a book, I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I do. Well, it's kind I of know a nice, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I oh, think no, it's I a nice segue because I was thinking about your wellness thing you're doing right now. Like you're, you yeah. really have like, so not only you're embodying it, embodying it in your self work. Cause I feel like you were right on the cusp of what I felt like of a major transformation at the retreat. That was, that would be my yeah. opinion of, of what I saw <laughs> or a breakdown. I think sometimes breakdowns are good, right? Like that's a fall apart oh, to put it I back was... together. <laughs> I don't think there was a soul at that retreat that didn't have like somewhat of a breakdown, which I think is okay. I, and that's, I think, that's yeah, it was, it was amazing. No, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, there's been a but lot so of when you when you started to heal a little bit more of the inner child stuff um, and kind of focus on like, I'm going to get a job and get stable because I'm my nervous system's out of control. I yeah. noticed it, like I've been watching, you're talking a lot about your gut health and, and just like talk, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about like what you've been going through? Like what did you start to heal and then start to pay attention to yourself and then be like, whoa, my gut's jacked up. Like I actually in my body, I'm not feeling my best or was it something else happening? Yeah. Um, well, Okay, so I've had digestive issues for a very long time, like probably since high school, like went to a gastroenterologist back in the day and, you know, oh, you have IBS, just, you know, eat vegetables, fruit, but not too much and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me I can have like four pieces of broccoli, but not five. Okay, great. Like, <laughs> whatever. It's always a um, struggle to get, to get help in the di- into the dietary world, you know? Yeah, it's so hard. So, but... I am a firm believer that our emotions are heavily tied with all of this. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I know like in 2015 I had, um, you know, had an eating disorder or disordered eating was, but disordered eating. I fell into that and under eating like 600 to 800 calories, maybe a day, something like that. And working out like crazy. Um, I lost weight at first that I didn't need to lose. Um, but I lost weight and then I gained like 35, 40 pounds back and I'm five, two, and I've always been very petite. So five pounds on a five, two person is a lot. (laughs) This was 35 to 40 pounds. And I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, I'm, I'm like barely eating anything. And so not to say I like kept cutting my calories, but it was probably between that 500 to 800 calorie mark for a year, probably that I was eating that way. And that's like not good um, to be in such a caloric deficit like that. So my body was just in this constant state of stress and starvation mode. So whether it was, I mean, I was eating so clean, like so clean. I had eliminated all allergen foods, like gluten, dairy, soy, corn, sugars, everything. So I wasn't eating any of that. It was all whole food, nutrient dense foods. I just was not eating enough of it. And so my body was in starvation mode. It was storing literally carrots into fat, like everything into fat. And over time, I, you know, and I was also binge drinking. So I am make, making the biggest connection of the docs lately about that. I'm like, oh, probably it was just like burning holes down my intestinal lining, you know, because essentially like when I've been going to the doctor these last few months, she's like, you do have leaky, it's leaky gut. Like, because everything mm-hmm. that you eat whether it's a carrot or French toast, you don't feel that great. <laughs> I'm like, and you're not allergic. Like, I'm not allergic to anything. I have mm. food. I have a handful of food sensitivities. But when we did like my blood panel, I thought I was going to be like sensitive to so many other things, and it was it was like a list of ten foods. That was it. And I was like, okay, like 
some of them I was like, I don't even eat those anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> but it was just fascinating. But with all that being said, um, probably at the beginning of this year, the first handful of months, I was just like really tired, like very tired or like the end of last year, like just every day when I would wake up, it was as if I never went to bed. Like that's mm. how tired I was. And I remember feeling that way, like after the show aired, um, because it was just so much and I was working full time then, um, I was working full time then I was doing my coaching. I was now like all the 400,000 followers. Like it was just like so much energy. And I remember then I was so energetically depleted as well. And I'm like, okay, my adrenals are probably shot, but I, you know, I stuck with it. I had two panic attacks or anxiety attacks. And then I quit my job um, and <laughs> took a year and a half off just to like focus on my, on my stuff. But I don't like, I didn't feel flustered this time. It just was like, all of a sudden I just was like waking up and not feeling good. But I was feeling that way for a couple of months before I made the appointment to go to this, um, this gut health doctor. And I was like, I just know that most everything stems from the gut. So that's why I was like, I'm going to go to a functional medicine doctor to just talk about my gut, but then also all the other things that I'm feeling right now. And granted we, I've been on a handful of supplements since when was that like March or April? Um, and like adrenal support, thyroid support, um, probiotic, all these different digestive enzymes to, just gut health in general. So like liver seed, like cod oil and fish oil and all these things. Um, and iron supplements and vitamin D supplements. And I, I mean, since taking all these supplements, I have been feeling a lot better. Like I have the energy. Um, so I know that that is working. I will say I have not been, I mean, they told me to like do the autoimmune protocol diet. I was like, I did it for maybe like five days. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I don't know how anyone, like I eat. What's the autoimmune uh, protocol diet? So it is, it's removing all of the, it's removing all the allergen foods again, um, while also like no nuts, no seeds. It's basically just fruits, vegetables, and animal protein. Is this a, the le leptin? It's kind of like that. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, I know when I look at that list, I'm like, what are we, what are we eating? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, really hard. I eat that way a lot mm -hmm. while I also will have grains sometimes too, because it's more filling and I'm hungry. Like I mm -hmm. don't just want to eat chicken and asparagus and berries, you know, and a banana. <laughs> like, so I just, and I think the last time that I went to the doctor, I was like, I experienced disordered eating a handful of years ago. I was like, I do not like feeling restricted. And yeah. any of these diets, I'm feeling restricted. I want to just eat what I want to eat. And she was totally understanding, but she also was explaining a little bit more about the leaky gut and just, you know, kind of emphasizing like, but it's important that you heal this because all of your problems are because of your leaky gut. Like, I think that your hormones and your thyroid, like everything would start to heal if you focused on healing your gut. And I'm like, I get it. I do. But <laughs> I, I have a problem. Like, <laughs> I'm resisting again. I'll circle back yeah. in a minute. <laughs> I'm like, I like my vodka sodas every once in a while too. She's I, like, cut the alcohol. I'm like, I can't. I just you're, you're talking to two girls from New Orleans, so uh, <laughs> we like to keep a balance around two. And leaky gut is a challenge; like it's a challenge because your absorption of the nutrients are, seem to be yes. 
compromise at that point. So it's like, right. and healing the gut is a, that's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and I mean, essentially, yeah, if I was to probably cut out alcohol for at least six to 12 months and eat really, really disciplined, I'm sure my gut would heal because I'm wait, taking- Wait, so like, I'd really love really to talk about food. alcohol because I think all three of us actually have probably had this, like, well, yeah. I think a lot of people are thinking about their relationship with alcohol. I know for me, yeah. man, pandemic, six months after losing my husband, two mm-hmm. kids grieving and homeschooled, a business that closed for four months, I leaned on more wine than I even want to admit out loud. Like it was a lot of wine. She kept them in business. <laughs> I may or may not have kept Martin's wine cellar in New Orleans in business. Um, love, you, Pam. love you, Pam, if you're out there. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I uh, It's interesting. I'm like really evaluating my coping strategies because of this nervous system regulation that we're talking yeah. about. It's like, where do you go when you're dysregulated? Like obviously alcohol is a place where you're like, goodbye thoughts and anxiety because you numb. So Yeah, you do numb. Yeah. I love I seeing your post about that because I think we need that. We need, we need people in public figures like yourself to talk about, I know. okay, like this is a cheap and almost, you know, very inexpensive coping strategy, not a great one. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. I know. And, you know, I think I have, um, I, I, I feel like mine is also, I I feel like most people when they are using it, not necessarily even intentionally or unintentionally as a coping mechanism, I think we're all just using it as a coping mechanism more or less. We don't have to, we can totally have fun without it. Um, but I feel like it is very related to grief. Um, cause I feel like all of us are grieving about something mm-hmm. and it could be very, uh, small trauma to a big trauma. Like it, you know, but I feel like that is it. And our, uh, if you connect, I don't know if y'all are big on like Lewis Hayes, but like, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- certain organs are associated with certain emotions in our body. Right. And our liver <laughs> is our anger emotion that's where our anger is stored and I'm like it's a lot of sentence for well, me <laughs> I, am, I am pretty angry and yeah, I know fiery. that anger is a stage of grief um, are you a Leo yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense to me too so I too. have like I know that that's I think that that's why I'm like binge drinking like and I can be totally I can go somewhere and not have a drink but like if I do it's been mm-hmm. difficult these last couple of months to stop at two. I, I am know. five vodka gin drinks down, like, and I am drunk. I am graying out, could be blacking out. Like, it's not good. Like, and I understand it as a problem. I have literally said it to a handful of friends. Maybe I need to go to AA. Like, and they're like, Kelly, seriously? And I'm like, well, no, but yeah. <laughs> like, some Like, I need to get a hold of this because it's not healthy. And I know I'm trying to, like, work on my gut. Granted, I'm not going to be 100%, but like even my doctor, she was like, you know, if you're going to drink, have one or two, let's not go overboard, but also, you know, I'll recommend you supplements that can at least support you while you drink, like marshmallow root, glutamine, things like that, or bone broth, things that are going to help seal the gut too. But yeah, I just feel like I've been like grieving and I've just been like pouring alcohol down my throat to cope with it. And it just feels, I think because again, alcohol makes you feel very free Mm -hmm. and you're just 
at it's peak. a good anti-anxiety measure for sure. Oh, it really is. But granted, the next day I have quite a bit of anxiety. I mean, it's just like rebound. Oh, yeah. Surprise too. I'm like, oh my God, I have so much stuff going on. <laughs> I know, you're like, and I'm hungover. This is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's been hard. Um, and yeah, I know I, I like made a post a couple of months ago, um, about I love that post. I thought that was super honest. And honestly, yeah. like, I, so I don't know if it's New Orleans culture or like living in New Orleans for as long as, as I did um, and was married to a chef, right? So like that industry we know is very jaded. My yeah. my comprehension of, well, first of all, I'm from a large Catholic family with a lot of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. So my understanding around alcohol was like, yeah, whatever, binge drink, like have as many I- as you want, like have fun. It's not that big of a deal if you're not ruining your life and you're not, right? Like if you're still functioning. Right. You're not as, long as you're functioning. Yeah. Right. Like if you have a job yeah. and you're taking care of your family, you're okay. Like that was really like that is New Orleans subconsciously put through into through. my head and New Orleans. I mean, people drink at breakfast and nobody thinks a damn thing about it. Like, I mean, right. almost every breakfast you go to, you're ordering a cocktail. So when I yeah. moved, I was like, like I remember I had a lunch with a mom in my daughter's class the other day. Now, granted, I had to block my whole schedule for this mom lunch. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to have a cocktail because it was like my favorite restaurant. It was a Friday. But I, she was like, no, I have to I have to drive. Like she said something like she had to drive back. And we were just having one drink. I was like, New Orleans, yeah. you have like four drinks and maybe still drive, which is not good. I'm, let me say that. Yeah. But it's interesting, right. the cultural shift from, you know, place to place or person to person. And I, I wonder like where you are with that. How's it going? Like. Have you found any things to avoid alcohol? I've got a few tips. Jamie and I have one thing we're obsessed with that is like, I think it's yeah. literally taking my drinking down. And Kelly, I'm the same. When I go, I can never have just one drink. I can, I've learned to stop at two, two now. That's a bit taking me about two years to get there. I used to be three. Um, I'm okay. down to two. Yeah. But I really want that third. I literally have to walk away. And the one tool I've gotten is this CBD drink Jamie put me on. Game changer. I'm telling I start you, with that. game changer. Okay. 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 Yes. So, yeah. We'll put the link so, in the podcast and send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want them to sponsor us so bad because I'm obsessed with it. What's this? Yeah. Go ahead and shout out, Jamie. Yeah. It's can, C A N N. And the okay. drinks literally taste so good. Like, I've tried a few different THC drinks and you can always taste it, like the actual mm. THC. This one, literally, you put it over ice. I put it in like a fancy glass. And so it it tastes like a cocktail. It looks like a cocktail. And it takes the edge off. Hmm. But there's no alcohol. And then you also don't wake up hungover. It's amazing. Um, It just kind of just takes that that ease that first drink usually gives you. Right. And I never drink more than two, honestly. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so with my – I have a lot of alcohol – alcoholism in my family and um it's something that I I'm always very sensitive about whenever like just even if I'm not with my family just I'm if I'm in a room with people having a good time and drinking I'm always just kind of like a little antsy to see you know because people change so much when they drink right. um and then you know the last two years with Darren and I we moved like god I forgot already four times in like 13 months or something like that mm. and wow. so we were drinking a lot on weekdays and I was like you know, I don't feel like this is healthy. I I wanted to cut back myself. And then I noticed if I stopped buying wine and Darren's going to drink um, like a whiskey at home, like it's a Tuesday night. Are we really needing to drink? Like the fact that mm-hmm. I feel this craving to drink a red wine, that scares me in itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when I started looking for alternatives. And 
I made this switch, I think, I'm trying to remember, like last fall, I think I started trying mm-hmm. it. Um, and when I tell you night and day difference, yeah. like I'll go a whole week and this sounds cr- terrible. <laughs> like, I'll go a whole week and not have a single drink. But when you look at how it used to be, it's like, wow. And then when I go out, I don't want more than two. And honestly, yeah. my good tolerance dips so low that I don't yes. need more than two. I nurse my drink now. Mm. Um, it's so different. And so, yeah, I'm telling you, I've been pushing it basically on everyone. <laughs> they come to my wow. house and we book one because I'm like, y'all, this changes your life. And yeah. of course, my husband lost like 10 pounds because he's not drinking as much. Right. Oh, absolutely. So annoying. Wow. That's I Yeah. I am. I'm definitely into, it's just a social, I mean, it's just a social thing. Like I don't, they literally them. call it a social. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, they yeah. call it, um, chairman of their marketing. It's about, it's a social experiment kind of right. marketing. I love um, cause you still, you're not like stoned, you know, right. like it's not like that. It's not like you're smoking a joint and you're like burnt out on your sofa. Like, no, you, you're drinking it just like you would a cocktail. Right. Yes, I really wish that restaurants and stuff could. It has the same it effect too. It, look, it'll be just mm-hmm. that kind of like, you know how you just get the edge off with a glass yeah. of wine? Yeah, totally. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Research I'll on that. S- I think I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I was excited to talk about that because I knew Jamie and I both, we've, you know, behind the scenes, but we talk about our relationship with alcohol a lot. Yeah. A lot of our friends' relationship with alcohol. I think it's a really important thing to talk about in the podcast because I think it is. love that you're honest, as honest as you are. I think a lot of people are not honest about no. struggles that they're going through. And I think it's really important that we are like, come on, let's get freaking real right now. Mm-hmm. Like we all are battling lots of different things and we're all just looking for coping strategies in ways to like ease off yes. some of the hard things that are happening in our world. Yeah, so absolutely. Tell me, um, let's discuss maybe, this might be a little more challenging, but like maybe a little obstacle. You have any recent obstacles that you're working on? I know you were talking about like family toxicity and certain things happening. You don't have to name names, of course, but like maybe tell us um, what you've been battling right now and how you're working on it in a new way. Yeah. So yeah, I'll address that. Yeah. Just like some family toxicity. Um, I know after a retreat that one of my, um, I guess actions was to put a very, uh, strong boundary in place and maybe not have contact with said person. And that did not happen. Um, it did not happen. However, so when we were, when we were leaving, I gave you a hug that day and I, and you were like, you know, just comforting me about the situation and everything. And you were like, you know, like, you know, if you feel like you've done all you can do, like it's time kind of thing. And like that stuck out to me because I was like, maybe I haven't done everything I can do. And like Shit. that following week. <laughs> yeah. Right. I well, did not mean that. <laughs> right. Well, no, I know. I know. But it wasn't, it, you know, one of the biggest things that this person would mention to me was that I, uh, like, I don't hang out with them. Like I don't choose to hang out with them. I mean, granted, obviously what I shared with you guys, like, why would I? Um, but you know, but I was like, okay, maybe that's it. Maybe I need to invite this person to go do, do more things with me. And you know, cause that's, that's been a complaint. So I will. So I did. And I think there was maybe two things and it was fine at first. And then we started having conversation later and it just broke into the same old, same old. And I was like, 
this is why, this is why I don't. Yeah. That's why you had the resistance. Sometimes resistance is good, you know? (laughs) Right. So I was like, okay. So again, and that was a handful of months ago, but I, so I still didn't, but I started to put more boundaries in place. It first started with me. I wouldn't answer the phone call. Like if you needed to, if if this person needed to talk with me, it was text, send me a text or send me a voice memo. Like I'm not talking to you on the phone. Obviously, I'm not seeing you in person either. Um, some other events had gone on that were not good. And were the, was the phone a hard place for you for communication with this relationship? Yes, because if we talked on the phone, um, it could have been fine the first handful of minutes, but then it just would always spiral. One of us would get triggered about something, and it was just like one of us was Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde coming out on the phone. Like it was just not healthy at all. And so I was like, okay. I can't. And I like literally is kind of tended to happen when I was like about to eat. And of course I have my gut issues. Right. So it's like, whenever I would see this person's name pop up on my phone, my gut would clinch. And I'm like, gosh, damn it. Like I'm, I'm about to eat my food now. Like I, I can't be all wrecked and be like stress eating. Right. So I was like, okay, I can't. So I would choose not to answer the phone call if I was eating that so boundary was starting to put in place. So I started doing like baby steps of things. Um, and then uh, maybe it's been like a month and a half now um, that I have blocked them on my phone completely. Um, Did it get worse? It gets worse sometimes when you put the boundaries down clearly that for most yeah, people. I mean, it's been okay. I mean, this person is still, you know, interacting with other family members and that kind of thing. And it's not like I block them on social media. So, I mean, they can still reach out to me and things like that. Um, but it has, it's not been as like, they aren't reaching out that much through the social media avenues. Um, so I am a lot more at peace and, I mean, even today, like, I mean, I'm in like a group chat with this person, but I can't see their messages. I can only see when Love someone it. else responds, right? And there was a part of me that, you know, that little lover inside of me, I was like, okay, it's it's been a month and a half. Like, maybe we'll just go ahead and unblock. I won't let them know, but like, maybe I'll just unblock and so I can at least see what they're writing and like, but then I'm like, Kelly, you have been so much more at peace in life because of this. Like just not even seeing a message. Like I just feel more at peace. So I have to continue to honor that. Um, And, you know, I know that this other family member is still communicating and everything's as okay as it can be with that. So I'm just like, okay, you know, but it's hard. I, I do have a therapy session this weekend and I'm going to talk a lot about that because I know that there's probably some, again, that's where a lot of the grief is coming from. Cause I'm angry. Sure. I'm like, why is this, why can't this just change? Why can't it just, why can't we just be five years old again? You know, <laughs> like why? Know. And so there's a lot of anger around it. And then there's the frustration and, and the guilt too. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I want to be there for that person. And I, right now I don't feel like I'm, I do feel like I've abandoned them. So yeah. I so resonate with that. I so resonate with that. I have a family member, one of my sisters who we went through a very similar situation where it wasn't always toxic, but it got toxic. Um, And really actually it was me needing to shut down because I really needed to focus on healing my son who was suicidal. And she literally could not handle me taking space or time and then thought I abandoned her because just drew up all her issues and then was super toxic after that. And I was like, the truth is like, I will say it's been 
I don't want to tell you how many, how long it's been because it's been too long, but it's on my heart all the time. You know what I mean? To like, I wish we could bridge the gap and I hate that taking care of me, which I literally would have died if I didn't just like push everyone. It wasn't just her. It was everyone out out because everyone's opinions of what I needed to be doing made me feel the same about your family. It's like sometimes familial opinions of we're supposed to be this and do this. And it's like, I, I can't even hear my own voice inside. Mm-hmm. I sure as F can't keep listening to you telling me what to do as well. Absolutely. And big sisters can sisters can do that. Mm-hmm. Or people can do that in your family they, when they have a, an impactful well, like role. For me, is for sure. my brother, yeah. um, we don't – our, our relationship is toxic because he it has a toxic relationship with alcohol. And mm-hmm. so every time he drinks, I will, he always puts a lot of his anger towards me. So I've learned to, you know, I set my boundary very, very tough and pretty, pretty early. I'd say mm-hmm. I didn't invite him to my wedding unless he was sober, um, which then really spiraled things out of control. Cause I was there every time he gets sober, I was more than supportive. Um, yeah. But now that that boundary has been set and I don't know where he is. I literally don't know where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and he did actually text me for my birthday um, which that was nice and random, but it was nice. But I do have a lot. It's been a lot healthier. Um, I do. <laughs> you said like when that phone call pops up on your phone, like when he would call me, I literally be like, oh, fuck, what's wrong? What does he need? Or like, what's this going to turn into? Um, and I know it's all his own, like his own inner child wounds, um, right. you know, because even when Sloan was going through his health battles and he had his, <clears throat> his trach and everything, my brother called me one time through that whole time of my life and we talked about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't even talk about my son. So like, I know that it's his battle. Right. Um, I know it's the best thing for my family to not have him around. Right. Um, but God, yeah, it's like, I just wish that we could right. kind of see other family, like other people who are so close with their siblings. And mm-hmm. my, I want that for my brother and I want him to meet my son, but it's just not in the cards. And that's kind of what I'm going through right now as well as like mm-hmm. accepting that. Yeah. Um, Cause you do, you, it has a lot of guilt. Yeah. It does have a lot of guilt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think acceptance on other people's inability or not quite ready. Maybe it's a lot, who the hell knows what their block is to get them to get over the, whatever is making them project and, and, right. and be so, angry and toxic towards you is it's really it's it's really confusing that's yeah. and it makes you it can really spiral you as like especially if you're like a person that struggles with not feeling lovable or good enough you're right. like what could I have done better and I felt like when I met you at the retreat I felt like you were putting so much energy into being who this person needed you to be that right. you couldn't be who you needed to be for you in right. order to whatever be, love yourself. Let's just say love yourself. And I think the freaking universe is going to like look at love as blind. Mm-hmm. It was so cute because I was like reading one of your like Insta posts about this like went viral, of course. And it's like you said on the altar, like or with those people, like my head and my heart were yeah, not like, connecting. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the line that like was like in every people magazine. Or yeah, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like, <laughs> I didn't know any – I had never watched Love is Blind when you came to the retreat. I really didn't know anything about you. I actually resisted the urge because I was making me anxious. I was like, oh, shit. We have a celebrity coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, I'm not – what if she thinks this is shitty? Like, no. I didn't, no. It was my first retreat, like, of that kind of depth. And um, I thought, mm-hmm. like, your head and your heart were still, like, fighting each other a lot. And that's they space. were. Like, when I look back, I was like, 
isn't it weird when like we disconnect our head from our body and like mm-hmm. truly what we need and listen to ourselves? Like, yeah. how the fuck are we going to find love? And and screw off, world. We don't care when she gets a boyfriend. That's not what's going to define her right. success and happiness. Like, that's so annoying. As a widow, I know that mm-hmm. space where people are like, they need you to be here. They need you know whatever. Whoa. You're like. Stay the fuck out of my life. I, know. I mean, you did, you did put yourself on camera, so I guess you know what I'm doing. You know, some classy, but, and I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I wonder, like, how if I could ask you for like glimmer and losing AirPod, how are you getting your heart and your head connected more on a regular basis for you? Yeah. And obviously, boundaries. So yes. proud of you. Yeah, so proud of you. I see you working hard over there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I would say that because I mean as you said, like you recognize the fact that my head and my heart still were not connecting like at your retreat. And I think that's to speak to the very very beginning of the pie. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was financially struggling. I was just, I was on the verge of breakdown. Like I really, really was like, I needed that so much during that time. And, um, cause it just helped me. I mean, connect, just feel so <clears throat> less alone <laughs> too, yeah. you know, with everyone else that was there. Um, cause it was just such a beautiful thing, but yeah, the boundaries has been so important. And just like, even this morning, I was thinking about this family member and, you know, trying to help myself shift any of that guilt feeling and stuff. And it's like, you know, and and granted, I I even mentioned this to this person, but I was like, you know, I'm not just doing this for me. Like, this is for you too, because I can't fully show up the way you need me to and therefore I am continuing to trigger you so Mm -hmm. if I remove myself from your life just like if a you know like in our dating world if the guy comes up you know you guys have been dating for a little bit and the guy's like it's not you it's me and it really is about him like he can't fully show up for you the way like he's got to let you go and you know Mm -hmm. and I hope and that's a that's a great man that does that like Let's you go because he can't fully show up for you, you know? So I think it, that's any relationship. If you can't fully show up for someone, okay, maybe it's a conversation you have and it's like, I just, I can't give you what you need. I can't give you what you deserve and I have to take a step back. And I think that that alone has been able to help shift things for me. And again, I have to remind myself. So that's what I was doing this morning. I was like, Kelly, you're, this is just as much for her as it is you and you are allowing her to heal without you constantly triggering her all the time too. Mm-hmm. So when she's got to rely on herself, right? Yeah. So I always think about that too. Like with my sister, I'm like, what I was doing a lot was carrying her load with, with her really helping her think about her load a lot. Right. And then when I couldn't carry her load and mine, cause mine was so fucking heavy and yeah. hers was pretty heavy too she when i had to take space out like she then had to deal with herself like mm. had to look at it had to had to question like and i realized when i took that away it imploded a lot yeah. for her oh, I'm and i'm sure. still watching the toxicity i think for i was thinking about this for your family member not not only right like i love that you just said that it was very self you're like the most selfless person in the world first of all like <laughs> everyone in the in the world to know that you really are like you do always like look outside of yourself and and looking at others to help others you were very impactful in the group and i think 
But more importantly, I want you to know that like you stepping away is for you too. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah, it is, it is okay. And they will heal because you're putting the responsibility back on them to do their own work. Just like right. you are sitting doing your work and it's not fair to like keep getting blamed, I think, for right. when someone else isn't doing their work. And that is the boundary sort of yeah. freaking hard to swallow. Yeah. You oh, love, it, when you love someone right. like that. Yeah, a, a family member, you know, you're like, fuck, I love you. We're we have the same blood inside of us. Like, right. So I know. I'm, I know. Well, I'm super proud of you. It Thank sounds like you. you you had a lot of glimmers coming out of there, Mama. Yeah. Well, so it's, tell us. Let's end on a super positive note because I feel yeah. like you have a lot going on that's super good. Um, maybe just tell us like what has been the bright spot for you. I mean, it sounds like you've gotten super stable. Yeah. Clearly getting a new the, the helper back job. Like, let's let every entrepreneur know out there that when you're funding your own project, Jamie, can I get an amen in the room? We're always trying to figure yeah. out how we're getting paid yeah. for our free work that we're doing because yeah. no one's knocking down the door to hand us money right now. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If someone is out there, Kelly, Jamie, and I would love to take your money. Yeah. <laughs> We will gladly accept your money. Um, Fund our project, Elon Musk. We we will do it. We will produce for you. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that really is it. I'm celebrating the fact that I I keep um, learning more about myself and like what is going to bring me happiness and joy and peace um, within and um, utilizing the tools that I've learned over the last five years. And again, kind of just going back to like, boundaries and acknowledging the parts of me and just doing the inner child work. Um, but you know, even in my, my career, you know, whether it's my nine to five or like my business right now, like I, I just feel really good about both things. And I just feel like I'm in this like very good flow, not to say that there are days where I'm like, Oh, like I wish I could just not like just meet a man that's a billionaire and just take me and whisk me away to Italy and (laughs) never have to work again. Like, yeah, there are those days I want to do that. But like, when I am like on a coaching call or I'm like in front of the attorneys doing the job that I do, like I'm so confident in what I'm doing. And there is just like this empowerment feeling inside of me. Like I am doing, like I'm in my zone. Like I love connecting with people. I love talking with people. I love just like exchanging energy, good, positive energy. And I just, I just feel like so much stuff is going really well. And even like like the dating world for me, like, yeah, I, you know, it's like, I still don't have a boyfriend and that's okay. But it's like, I am, I'm hyper aware of like qualities and characteristics of certain people that I'm like, wow, like, you know, I love so much of this about this person. I love so much of this versus me being like, God, I like them. Why don't they like me? (laughs) It's just like, I love that. Okay. God send me someone who has very similar characteristics, qualities, you know, if it's not that person, send me someone else that has all of this like together. And it's just like staying, acknowledging that and trying to stay excited about the potential of that more aligned person that's going to come in versus beating myself up that I'm, you know, going to be 38 and I'm still single. And, you know, and it's been almost 10 years that I've actually had a long-term relationship. Like it's, mind-blowing to me of course but like I don't know like I'm not like down this on my the, luck about we call it. this the Jamie moment Jamie what do you say it's like this is every episode I don't know why this is like the Jamie moment you found your what? voice as Jamie would say she's yeah. finding her power 
Yeah. Oh, but I, what yeah. I hear you is like you're founding your power. And yeah, maybe you didn't have time for a boyfriend for the last 10 years because you were looking for your power. Right. No offense, Ooh. but when you go with someone else, you have to give some of yourself away to be good in a relationship. And like, right. if you don't know how to give it to yourself, you need to find your power. And I yeah. feel like I, I love witnessing that mm. for you. Let's Jamie keeps bringing that up in every episode. She's like, That's she found funny. her voice. The voice. Like she, yeah. Her voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so just to rewind a little bit. Yes, that is so it. And thank you for saying that because that's exactly what I'm doing because all these like boundaries that I put in place, I had to walk around the same time that I was like putting this boundary up around the family member. I walked away from a relationship that was not serving me. And so the grieving, like literally there was no closure. I literally just closed the door and I was like, bye. There was no conversation. I literally was just no longer available. And it's been three months and I have been so much better. But of course, there's still pain that is there. Mm -hmm. You know, I wished that things were different, you know, but it's not. In all of those scenarios, it's not different. It's still the same. And I have to keep moving forward and looking ahead and vibrating at the frequency that I want to attract the people that are going to light up my life. And that's that, you know. And so, yeah, I feel like with everything that I'm doing, I'm honoring my boundaries I'm in my zone. I feel more confident. I'm just more, I, I am happier. <laughs> I'm just it kind of just knocked me. Wasn't the last day of the retreat, which I kind of forgot all of the things we did the retreat was called take back your power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly took back her power. I'm yeah. so proud of you. That's awesome. Yeah. It takes a lot of work, you know, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And I think boundaries, like me shutting out the door on one of my, my sisters was, that was the only way I could boundary then. I didn't have the voice either. I didn't have the strength. I didn't, I didn't know how to do that right. And I I think boundaries are still really hard for me too. Like, I don't know that I'm always going to be like eloquent in it or not feel shame around it or guilt about it because I there's some part of me that still feels like I don't know if I always deserve or something. You know what I mean? There's like that little piece in you that's like, why would I hurt someone this way? Like, do I really need to step back from this? Is mm-hmm. it really unhealthy? You can kind of mind screw in that and like, I think just be gentle on yourself for closing the door in the relationship and taking some space and shutting down the phone. And like, it's not going to be pretty sometimes the boundaries and the people yeah. who receive the boundary were benefiting from you not having them as my therapist says. And I love that line because it's like, that's why they're pissed off at you because right. you're not doing their shit for them anymore. Right. And you mm-hmm. put a block to like, no more, no more. So yeah. Taking back your power in yeah. 2023, 24. That's oh, right. I'm excited. I mean, look at all you've done in six months. So yeah. I can't six wait months. to. I know. Health I can't coaching. wait to touch base with you again and see, like, oh my God. where will you be? You'll be running for six president or now. something. <laughs> I was like, no, no. <laughs> I feel like I'm still stuck and like, I'm like, I'm finding my power. I'm like, oh, Kelly's advancing very quickly. She was a very good student. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Straight A student all the way. You got the dean's list at our retreat. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, any closing remarks, anything you want to like shout out? Let's give us some plugs to what you're doing. So health coaching and yeah. lots of your stuff. I'd love to hear um, our listeners get, be able to find you. Obviously, she's going to be in our notes. So you'll find all of her links to all of her socials and all the ways to get in touch with her. But also maybe plug yourself. What do you want to talk yeah. about with your power? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, you guys can find me at Chase Life with Kelly on Instagram. That's probably where I show up the most. Um, but yeah. Uh, started health and life and mindset coaching. Um, and I say all three of those because it really is a combination of everything. I mean, but granted health life coaching. Um, so we have 
you will have access to an app that has customized workouts and meal plans, um, like recipe suggestions, that kind of thing. Um, but while also being plugged into a community of like-minded women who are also going through very similar journeys as you, which I feel like that is the very beautiful thing because we need that support. We need that like empowerment and inspiration and just that connection to feel less alone. Um, and also you have one-on-one calls with, or not calls, but one-on-one, um, messenger support with me. So, and literally it is me. It's not any, I didn't hire anyone. Like it's, it is me. And we are, we can dive deeper, not just in your nutrition and your fitness, but maybe your relationship, your career, your financial health, your spiritual health, all of that. And I can help you actually understand like what your deep rooted stories are, your limiting beliefs, um, and help you to do that inner child and reparenting work, subconscious reprogramming. Um, and then we, I am starting to implement this as well, but like a weekly actual group coaching call. So you get all of that. Um, and yeah, I'm like super excited. We already have, I think a little over 25 women in, in the group with us. So yeah, everyone is just, like I said, just on a very similar journey and it's really neat to have that connection and community support too. So that's my biggest thing that I'm working on. I have a podcast too. Um, it's called chase life with Kelly. I have guests, I have solo episodes. Um, so those are pretty much my two big things that I've been working on. But yeah. Well, that's amazing. Sign us up. That sounds amazing. Oh, I got to check out your app. I didn't realize that it was all of those things. I knew you were doing the health coach, but I didn't realize you were associating with um, a multimodality app. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, congratulations on all your success. And we would love to obviously have you back. Anybody who has questions for Kelly, um, you know, write it down in the is it a chat box, Jamie? You'll have to actually be the tech person. She's <laughs> <laughs> my tech person, Kelly. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm like, oh, Jamie, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Spotify like, listeners, they'll have it. And then for yeah, Apple, I'm like, message somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank so, you. Yeah, but message us because we, Jamie and I are, we've been doing kind of dishing and you're welcome to join us on one, Kel, mm. um, where we just kind of like laugh, talk about what's happening in our real life. And I, Ooh. I feel like we, we did a dish kind of today. It felt like, yeah, I feel a little like bit more. Totally. Yeah. I'm always, I, I love being, I love sharing. I, I think as you were saying, not enough people are like really honest with themselves and or others. Um, and I just like, why not, why not be honest? Um, you know, because when you're not honest outward, you're, you're really not being honest with yourself and you're losing trust within yourself too. So it's, you know, and that lack of trust is why you feel a lot of ways that you feel. So, and how, and the reason why you're not showing up in certain ways. So if you can learn to communicate better with yourself, you're learning to actually trust and love yourself more. And then you can put that trust and love in other people and it's just a ripple out there. So keeping that in mind. Wow. Love it. Love it. She's bra- right. on brand for us. I love it. Okay, we're going to end on that. <laughs> Kelly, send it out a ripple into the world yes. to love yourself. Find her wherever she is on multi, multi-platforms. <laughs> She's all over the place. So catch her if you can. Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> catch her if you can, but Chasing definitely on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. It's amazing to talk to you. Amazing to talk to you girls too. Thank you so much. This has been the Wake the F Up podcast with Alex and Jamie a podcast about normalizing and overcoming challenges like grief and fear. Be sure to check out our other episodes where our community of experts share tools and ideas to help you wake to the life inside of you. If you enjoyed this episode of Wake the F Up, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And join the Wake community by downloading our app. Just search for Wake Wellness in the Apple or Android app store. And follow us on Instagram at The Wake Wellness. Thanks for listening.
This podcast is produced by Caroline Pickens and the team at Fresh Picked Studio. For more information, go to freshpickedstudio.com.